0: Play me oh, Hotman! My name's Pauline, and I'm the host of Hello! Podcast Here, an avatar podcast party. Each week, I'll talk about an episode of Avatar, The Last Airbender, including a recap, things I noticed, and anything else. So, crack open some cactus juice and let's get started. Hello! Welcome to the third episode of Hello! Podcast Here, an avatar podcast party. I'm your host, Pauline. If you're new to the podcast, hello and welcome. If you're returning, then welcome back. How's everybody doing? Hope you're all doing great. I've been talking with some of you guys on Instagram and emailing. The engagement has been awesome. It's only been like a week or so since I've even had my Instagram or even started this podcast, so it's great. Definitely keep it up. I love talking to people. I always answer um, so if you want to talk to me about avatar stuff or just anything feel free to to send out a message but um what was everyone's highlight of of last week I for me it felt like a pretty long week but I'd love to hear you know how everybody's week went uh my highlight was talking to Giancarlo Volpe uh one of the re- directors of avatar I think he directed about 19 19- episodes or so i was watching the it's like a a twitch live stream that dante basco does for avatar he does a like a live stream of an episode every friday uh 6 p.m eastern 3 p.m pacific time and he just talks a little bit about i think he watches two episodes and the other voice actors directors writers anybody that he can get to join joins and Carlo just happened to be on the one that I watched last Friday, and I added it to my Instagram story, and he responded to it, so it was really cool. Talked a little bit about his experience, you know, being a director and an animator as well, so he we did a lot of storyboarding. I'll probably save a lot of the conversation when we get to an episode that he actually directed, but... And before I kind of get into the podcast, I wanted to say thanks again for listening. It means a lot definitely reach back out if there's things that you want me to change or if there's things you want me to talk about. I am all ears. Some criticism for myself. Um, I I was trying to figure out why I sounded so unnatural and, and robotic in the last two podcasts. And I think it's because I was so self-conscious about cursing. Because, you know, I told myself we're, we're talking about a kid's show, I should keep it you know, rated G or PG or whatever. But now I'm just gonna say, no, fuck it. I'm, I'm cursing. I'm not gonna bleep it out. So I will probably be rated explicit now. So in case you see the little E next to the podcast name or the, the episode, that's probably why. Now going into the actual episode. So this is book one, chapter three, The Southern Air Temple. It was written by Michael Dante DiMartino and directed by Lauren McMullen and this is Lauren's first episode that she's directing. A little bit about Lauren, she was born in Boston, but she actually grew up near me um in the suburbs of Philadelphia. She went to Harvard, so she's obviously pretty intelligent. Um and she's done more she's been more focused a little bit on animation rather than directing since then. The animation is done by DR movie, which is different from the last two episodes. The last two were done by JM Animation. And watching this episode you can definitely tell it's it's pretty different. Um the faces are are a bit more pointed at the bottom, they have they sort of have longer chins, it's definitely more pointed in their noses, especially in some of the the flashbacks are are a bit different. And this episode aired on February twenty fifth, two thousand five. Going into the summary, after escaping Zuko and the Fire Nation, Aang, Katara, and Sokka make their way for the Southern Air Temple, the temple Aang grew up in. Meanwhile, Zuko looks to get his ship prepared, only to run into newly appointed Commander Zhao. Aang relives some memories at the temple while Katara tries to hide the truth from him, that the Fire Nation was here and destroyed his people. So that was the chapter summary, and now we'll go into the actual chapter in a bit more depth. So you have the opening sequence. It's the same as it was in the last episode and how it's going to be in future episodes. But they have it previously on Avatar and it's voiced by Avatar Broku, a.k.a. James Garrett. So James was in Danny Phantom. He was in Titanic. He also voices Alfred in a number of different Batman animations. And I, I think Alfred is the Wayne family's butler. I don't know what his actual title is. Um I like Batman. I'm more of a a Marvel fan, but Batman's really cool. But we'll talk more about Roku in a later episode when we are formally introduced to him. So one thing about this episode, The Southern Air Temple is that the episode title slide does not have a white background. It instead has a sunrise, which is totally different from other episodes, which I thought was, was really cool. Maybe it's because this is the first episode that really embarks their their expedition on Aang's journey. I have no idea. I don't know what the actual significance of it is, but I just wanted to point that out. That was really cool. So moving forward with with the show um there's typically two different plots going on unless of course everybody's together but the main characters usually it's aang katara and Sokka. they're categorized as the a story and zuko and iroh things happening with the fire nation it's usually the b story but again sometimes those two collide into just one big big story so you start out the episode, Aang is tying ropes on Appa's horns. So the horns, or the rope, is used to steer Appa into the right direction. And I don't know what, what knots um Aang is tying. Clearly they have to be really tight. Um, I can't tie knots at all. I I can only do the ones where you can tie your shoes. Um, My boyfriend's an Eagle Scout, so he can do a lot of them probably. Um... Can any of you tie any fancy knots? I would love to know. And if you want to send me a picture of it, that'd be awesome. Um, I suck at tying knots. I'm really bad at it. So then you move on to Aang, um, you know, expressing his excitement to see the Southern Air Temple. He hasn't seen it in, you know, literally a hundred years. But for him, it doesn't really feel like that. But for me, it's just, it's so sad to watch this Um, after seeing this episode. More than a couple of times because, again, he's so happy and he has no idea what's about to hit him. And he's so happy that he's pulling pranks on Sokka. You know, he pretends that there's a snake on in Sokka's, um, in a sleeping bag. Uh, you know, he's, he's quite the prankster. Something that they, they like talking about for the, the Ember Island Players episode in book three. But I am not much of a prankster. I, I suck at pulling pranks i would love to hear you know what's the best prank you've you've pulled i would love to hear it um you know you can comment on my instagram send me emails i was not involved in like the senior prank usually uh seniors at my high school would pull off like one big prank against the school i was not involved i don't even know if we had one maybe it was a, a smaller one i have no idea Then we flip over to Zuko and Iroh, and they are docked with a huge fleet of of the Fire Nation Navy. And you can just see how small their ship is in comparison to the rest of the the Navy. And, you know, a lot of damage was done to their ship from their last meetup with with Aang. But their ships, the, the Fire Navy ships, are... Inspired by modern day, um, you know, warships, uh, you know, with World War Two and uh, you know, where it is now, but you have the ramp and the dock and everything. One thing about the Fire Nation is that they are more technologically advanced than the rest of the nations. The Water Tribe they have ships, they have like boats, but you have to manually. You know, steer them and and things like that. But this Fire Navy ship is, I believe, um, powered by obviously firebending, but coal as well. And then we are introduced to Commander Zhao. He is a very important part to the first book here. Um, He also makes an appearance in The Legend of Korra, which is really funny. Um, he's voiced by Jason Isaacs. You've probably heard of him before. One cool thing about Commander Zhao and Jason Isaacs is that the character or, Zhao was based off of Jason Isaacs' character in The Patriot, Colonel William Tavington. He was a really evil person, Um, you know, a, a true villain. And... Lucky enough, the casting director was able to get Jason Isaacs to voice him. So Jason has been in a bunch of other stuff. Um, You've probably seen him in Harry Potter. He plays Lucius Malfoy. And I, I remember as a kid, I was so afraid of him. He does such a good job at being a villain that he plays a villain in a lot of other stuff as well. Um he's also in Star Trek, The Discovery, he's in the OA, and he's voiced some stuff for the Star Wars animation as well. One random fact about Jason Isaacs is that he is potentially coming to one of the Comic-Cons near near me, so I'm I might go if he confirms. I don't really know what's happening with Comic-Cons this year, you know, with coronavirus, I don't know how regulated it's going to be if there's any changes. I have never been to one, but I would just I would love to go because I've I've heard great things. I know San Diego Comic Con is doing it virtually next month and I, I don't know if anybody from Avatar is doing anything. I know the Dragon Prince is doing a a panel and obviously Aaron e. has is part of that, Jack DeSena who voices Sokka, Giancarlo Volpe is also part of, of Dragon Prince, so he'll be appearing on that too. So I don't know. Have you guys ever been to a con or a comic con? I've I've never experienced it, but I would love to see, you know, some pictures or what it's like. And if you know anything about what's happening with, with cons this year, I'm sure they're going to be completely different with, with everything going on. One thing that we learned throughout this scene <laughs> is that Iroh and Zuko are just terrible liars. They They're really bad and I'm I'm a bad liar too, I don't like lying to people, but I am nowhere near this bad. But Zuko has to lie about this, because finding the Avatar is his only chance to restore his honor and to come home. And the only way his dad's gonna let him come back, and he doesn't want to make it harder for himself by competing with another person. Another person that has this entire, you know, Navy fleet... To find the avatar, that that's a really big issue for him. So he's trying his best not to, to let Zhao know that he he has information on where the avatar is. But as you can tell, you know Zhao was promoted to commander, so clearly, you know he's he's pretty smart, pretty conniving, I would say. But Zhao invites Zuko and Iroh for a drink. I don't know what kind of drink they're talking about. I mean, Iroh obviously asks for tea, specifically ginseng, which is his favorite. But I thought they were talking about, like, alcohol or something. And I was wondering what the the drinking age was in Avatar. Or if there's a drinking age specifically just for the Fire Nation. Um, Because Zuko, as of right now, it's two years after he was banished. So he would be about 15 years old. So... Is he allowed to drink? Or they just talking about tea? I don't know. I have no idea. Anyways, it fl- flips back to Aang. Sokka is, of course, complaining and saying that he's hungry. Definitely like his MO for, for the entirety of the show. Definitely part of his personality. I I would be so pissed if I found out that someone like used my food to light a fire or to make a fire. Especially with the resources that you have around you. You know, Aang Aang used, like, the nuts or whatever to, to start the fire the night before. But from what I remember, they were around, like, wood and, like, trees and other stuff like that. Like, he could have totally made a fire using that stuff. But now he's officially been demoted from creating a fire and he'll do something else from now on. But I personally would be so pissed off if I was that hungry and I didn't, I have my food anymore so here we pan to Katara trying to prep Aang for what he's about to see or what he he might see um she mentions her mother and for those of you that don't remember um, Katara's mother is dead they lost her to a raid a fire nation raid of the southern water tribe so I'm actually keeping track of every time she mentions her mom because I know it's a running joke So as of right now, she mentioned her once in the beginning episode, and she mentions her here. I don't think she did it last episode, but she'll mention it a couple more times in this episode alone. So now they're flying to the southern air temple, and the wind is just crazy. It's getting gustier, and and Sokka and Katara are like holding on to to Appa for dear life, but Aang is just totally fine. They're flying really high up. And up is basically flying vertical at this point. I would throw up. I can't do anything like that. Some of the roller coasters that I've been on or that I've been forced on um, have been almost like 90 degrees. And I just, oh, I can't do that. Even watching videos of people on roller coasters. You know how some people will record the actual experience. Like I could, I, I my heart races when, when I watch those. So I don't do well on on roller coasters but anyways here they are they're finally at the southern air temple the reveal of the temple and the whole animation of it was just so I, I just thought it was brilliant I loved it it's very similar to how the opening sequences you know Ang standing on the rock and they kind of pan up and out into the opening or like the title slide and that's kind of what they do here as well they see the the southern air temple and it's it's so great the whole drawing of it is just so detailed even though it's like a far out view of it you know you see the doors you see the huts the windows um everything really and there's a a number of different towers and then there's a huge tower kind of at the top and up in the middle it's so pretty and i don't know just the way that they directed this and, and the way that they drew was was awesome so again they are really high up and and you can see it the temple is up in the clouds there are clouds pretty much everywhere so air nomads and most of the air temples are are really high up you know in the mountains so that the air nomads can be closer to the wind which supposedly helps them bend better I believe it I'm not going to question that that sounds right (laughs) um and it's pretty cold they're again. They're really high up, and the winds are strong. And in this, in the winter, apparently it gets just as cold as the Southern Water Tribe, which is, which is saying something. And if you look at the map, they're not too far from one another. Um, but yeah, really cold. I I I like the heat. Almost I I like a nice medium between cold hot. I don't like to sweat, but I also don't like to shiver. So I'm a nice, a nice medium. I don't know. What do you guys prefer? Do you prefer cold? Do you prefer to be hot summer, winter? Either or. We did not get a winter where I live. Like I got a sled for Christmas and I got a shovel as well like a couple months before winter. And I think in total we got like an inch of snow and like barely any rain. So Gee, I wonder why. I wonder why we're not getting any snow. Who knows? So then it flips back to Zuko. Zhao is looking at a map of all four nations, which is really cool. And what's interesting about his map is that you can see um, markings of where the Fire Nation armies and navies are. They're talking a little bit more about the Avatar and, you know, just about his whereabouts. And Iroh, of course, (laughs) purposely knocks over the weapons. And then it's revealed that Zhao had uh, Zuko's henchmen interrogated. So Zhao is clearly not someone to trust and honestly not someone to fuck with either because he has a lot of people on his side. But can you blame Zhao? I mean, Zuko is being so suspect and just sucked at lying. Of course he's going to suspect that they know something about the Avatar. But that... That sucks! Zuko's men ratted on him. But at this point in time, I don't think Zuko is pretty close with his henchmen. I don't think they get close at all. But, you know, their relationship is definitely pretty bad at this point in time. But that sucks. Zuko now has some competition. So it flips back to Aang. Appa is sitting at the bottom of the air temple. Now again, Appa is a 10-ton flying bison he's he's huge especially when they all stand next to him or are are riding on him he's ginormous but here in comparison to the southern air temple he looks like a fucking tic tac like he's so small so this temple has to be fucking huge for him to look look that small but they pan over to katara and sokka and i didn't get the timestamp on this but sokka's face his i like to call it his hangry face like it's so Funny and I I like the faces in the show like the animation of it because they just the amount of different faces that they draw is just a lot and it's really funny but, anyways Aang is walking around and he's he's coming to terms with, with the change and everything is kind of shitty you know it's run down there's cracks in the foundations there's weeds. But the one big thing that he notices is that there's no life, there's no spirit, it's just them. And that is really sad. And it pans out to him, you know, standing over the ledge and, you know, looking at the sky, and then it pans back to Katara and Sokka looking at him and looking at each other. And if you notice, there's like a cloud in front of Aang, and it's Dark and it is it's a much different color than than the other ones, and you know again, I talked about the clouds and the weather in the last episode, and here they are again you know he's he's really sad he, It's 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 not what he expected, I guess, and yeah, I mean he's coming to terms with it, but good old Saka. he's taking one for the team, he wants to distract Aang by playing airball, so airball is a type of sport that the air nomads played. And I think you're supposed to have airbending skills to play this. Clearly, Sokka does not. But it it kind of reminds me of pinball. And, you know, the ball kind of goes, you know, through the, the pegs. And you're supposed to try and block it. Clearly, Sokka can't. But <laughs> things definitely got heated since, you know, they've, they've played seven times. And Sokka does not have his jacket on anymore. So, whatever. Points to Sokka little claps for him. He tried. He, he really tried, but he gets knocked out. But as he gets knocked out, he sees a Fire Nation helmet, like an older one, probably about a hundred years ago or so. But Katara, she just, she doesn't want to hurt Aang. She doesn't want him to know or for him to be, be sad. So she hides, hides the, the helmet with snow and Sokka, of course, gets snow on top of him as well so poor guy he's really just getting beat up in these (laughs) these last couple of minutes poor guy one thing that really broke my heart that Sokka said was you know you can't protect him forever and that's something that Katara needs to remind herself and needs to remember but I mean that was just really sad to me and and As we go on into the show, you'll realize that that's something that she just, she can't do, you know? She and Aang are best friends, or they're going to be best friends at least, and she's constantly protecting him. He's constantly protecting her up until the end, I guess. Really sad. And then, finally, we get to Monk Gyatso. So, Monk Gyatso was the greatest airbender of Aang's time. He was Aang's mentor. He has a really cool mustache. Um, one thing with Air Nomads is that they don't have... I mean, obviously they, they're born with parents, but they don't have parents. They're not attached to their parents. So, Monk Gyatso was basically his his father figure, and along with being his mentor. So, we'll learn a little bit more about Gyatso, I think, in The Storm. The episode The Storm, I think so. And he also has the the airbending beads that the masters wore, so then it flips to a flashback of Aang and Gyatso, and if you notice, this is a really big indication of the different um animation. So his nose is r- really different. I don't know if it's because he's younger at the time, but it's very straight rather than, than pointed. Um his face shape is a little different as well, but all in all, with the flashback, the temple, it, they just show it. It's so full of life. There's people everywhere. There's animals everywhere. Completely opposite of what we're we're seeing now. And again, this is a flashback. They have that tannish hue to it. But um, yeah, and of course, Ang and Monkey Atsa, they they pull some pranks. So clearly, he this is where he gets his his pranking side to him pranking side from but then we see some lemurs after they throw the cakes on top of the other uh masters and it's so funny and they played the classic lemur song which sounds like a lot of fun I don't know how to describe it you can go back and listen to it um really cute so now we're out of the flashback Sokka's jacket is back on. Clearly they're they're done playing and he's cold again. And then we approach the Air Temple Sanctuary. And what's cool about this is, that, again, animation is so cool. The noises are really cool, or the music, I should say. A really interesting way to lock a door. Obviously you have to use airbending. But the way that they drew it, it almost looked... Like 3D. It just, it was really cool and obviously very different from how they animate the rest of the show. What's funny about this part is like right when they open the door, Sokka immediately gets disappointed that there's no cured meats and just, it's so classic standard Sokka. And I mean, Aang just said that no one but an airbender can get through and all air nomads are vegetarian, so why the fuck would they have cured meats locked away in this special room? Like, I don't know. I just thought that was really funny. Ooh. I, I'm i sorry if you hear thunder and lightning in the background. All of a sudden, it just got really dark and it started raining. I didn't know it was supposed to rain. I watered my plants, so hopefully... Getting a little bit more water isn't that bad. I also had to open the door because it was getting really hot and really stuck in here. So if you hear anything going on in the background, it's probably because my door is open as well. Anyways, what were we just talking about? Um, cured meats. Yeah. Cured meats. Ah, uh, Sokka, his priorities, man. It's just all over the place. Oh, so it flips back over to Zuko You know, his his father gave him a lot of shit about the Avatar and now Commander Zhao's giving him shit and he's just dealing with all of this stuff and now he's getting locked up because Zhao's gonna go try and find him. And Iro Iroh's priorities are are just not not matching up with Zuko's when he asks for more tea. And the way that he says that. He's just like. More tea please. And that's it. Not even intervening with anything that's going on. Which is so funny. Flips back over to Aang. The air temple sanctuary is open. We now see. All of the statues. And they all look really different from afar. And we then realize that they're all. Avatars. Or all past avatars I should say. Sokka of course is. Doubtful as usual When. Katara talks about them being his past lives like you don't really believe that but you know it's it's a thing and if you they they pan a little bit up into the ceiling and the statues just go on and on and on so that's probably what the the big tower is in the the middle of the air temple that's all the statues so there's just been a lot of avatars. That's that's pretty much the bottom line here. And the cycle is just like the opening sequence. So it's water, earth, fire, air, and it just keeps repeating. And then Aang stops in front of this one statue. And it's the last in the line. And he goes, it's Avatar Roku. And Katara's like, how the fuck do you know that? And he's like, I don't fucking know. Like, he just knows. So that, that's kind of the first instance where... He's tapping into his past lives. He he recognizes Roku without even knowing who he was, and um, you know, in the the flashback, or not even in the flashback, when he says he's going over to the Air Sanctuary, he said that whoever is in whoever's in here is going to walk me through the Avatar journey and how how to become the Avatar, and that's Roku. Roku's supposed to be the one that's going to walk him through, you know. What to do. And he's going to play a really important part in everything throughout, you know, this whole series. He also plays a pretty big part in the first comic after the book. Or after the, the show, it's called The Promise. He's actually on the cover of it. Um, so he's a really big, important part. Roku was a fire firebender originally. And the way he looks from the statue, he kind of reminds me of, like... Dumbledore like he has long hair he's got the beard he's wearing a crown around his bun and we'll talk a little bit about that I think I think in book three is when we address his attire but then the fire nation theme song starts playing and someone's coming through the entrance and you know it looks like a fire nation helmet and they're all getting ready to attack and then when they look The music changes to Momo music is what I like to call it. But basically it's the fun lemur music. It's a lemur. It's not anything dangerous. You know, Aang loves animals as you'll see throughout the show. But Sokka is hungry and wants to kill and eat those lemurs. So fun little fact about lemurs. What their original purpose was to help monks fetch things like gliders food and other stuff but clearly this was a lemur that survived everything and he's he's there and we'll talk a little bit more about this this lemur towards the end of the episode so Sokka and Aang race for the lemur Aang wants him as a pet Sokka wants him for dinner and Sokka's pretty fast he's he's a pretty fast runner but obviously Aang has the you know, airbending going on, and as an airbender, they can run really fast, and to the point where Aang is running so fast, he jumps off the cliff, and is bouncing on trees, bouncing on the rocks, and and I could never do that. I would puke. It's the same thing as, like, the roller coaster. I could never cliff jump or cliff dive, whatever it is, skydiving. Nope. Could never do that. Then it flips back to Zuko, and Zhao is just being super cold. You know, he's saying, you, you don't have a home, you don't have any allies, you're just a banished prince, your dad hates you. Really, really cold. And Zuko knows this internally, but to hear it out loud, and I think it's really the first time that we hear it out loud, it's just, it's really sad. One thing I noticed, like, what they do in this scene between Zhao and Zuko is they really pan close to their faces. And Zhao, I don't know what color eyes he has, but Zuko has, like, the striking, like, golden eyes. They're really bright. Very typical of a firebender, but Zhao does not have those. I think that this is... A good time to stop so what I'll do I'll take a break we'll come back we'll talk a little bit about a thing called an Agni Kai we'll talk about Aang going into the Avatar state again and yeah a lot of stuff see you then My throat keeps getting so sore from talking. I don't think I've talked this much in a while. And back in August, I got my tonsils taken out as an adult. I don't recommend that. But yeah, my throat keeps getting sore. So I have a lot of water next to me. Hopefully I can get through (laughs) the rest of this. So we're back. We're now going to be talking about Agni Kai. So Zuko and Zhao, they're just, they're going at it. And Zuko challenges him to an Agni Kai. So this is the first one that we'll see. Agni Kai is basically a fire duel. So Agni in Sanskrit means fire, and Kai means meeting. So it's basically, excuse me, a, a fire meeting. So the typical attire for men is a, is pants, they have a belt, and they have two armbands, just around their, their biceps and they are bare chested and they don't have any shoes. And this is a really big deal because I mean we've been seeing or we've been watching Zuko practice his firebending and Iroh keeps saying, you know, you you're not ready for the 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 advanced versions, you need to stick to your basics and Zhao I mean he's a commander. He's he's also a master firebender, so this is a really big deal, Zuko's definitely not gonna win, so flipping back to ang oh, he's he followed um the lemur into one of the other rooms of the air temple, and he sees just this entire room is covered with fire nation armor, and then at the end of the room is an airbender. Skeleton with an airbender robe on it with the same beads that Gyatso has. So clearly this is Monk Gyatso. He took down all of these soldiers down with him. Really sad sight to see. Sokka goes in. He finds him. And then Aang goes into the fire. er, Aang goes into the Avatar state. And this one is more powerful than any of the other ones we've seen. And probably, you know, the ones that we'll see after this one. So then they pan back to Katara. She's looking at all the other avatars. And then all of their eyes start to glow. So when Aang goes into the avatar state here, he then signals for all of the other statues... That he's he's back. The av- avatar has returned. He's ready. Um, this then kind of signals for Roku to teach him the ways of, of the avatar. And temples across the world are also glowing. So a lot of previous avatars will have temples designated to them. So they show one in the northern water tribe, they have one in the fire nation. It's it's a really big deal. So now everybody knows that the avatar's back, which is a good thing and a bad thing. I mean, a lot of people, you know, in the water tribe and in the earth kingdom are looking for a sign of hope. And unfortunately, when they pan to the the fire nation, they say, you know, we have to tell Fire Lord Ozai he's back. So it's really sad but it's also i guess a good thing that you know people know that he's he's back but as an aside so looking back when katara is in that air temple sanctuary with all of the statues so it pans out to like an overview of all of them and it shows you the bottom of it with with um like, they all, they're they all in a little spiral, in a little line. And they see Roku, and then there's going to be a spot right next to him, which is where Aang's statue's going to go. And then we know Korra, and the legend of Korra, is the um, avatar after Aang. And she will be the last avatar that is able to stand in that room. So, my question is, where are all the next avatars after Korra going to go? Was this done on purpose due to the events that happen in the Legend of Korra? Did they, did they even know anything that was going to happen in Korra, or was this just something that they, they drew and there was no significance to it? I have no idea. What do you guys think? Was this on purpose? Did they only leave two spots left for Aang and Korra and, you know, there's nothing left? I don't know. Fun fact about all of the statues, they are all hand-carved by the Air Nomads. I think it would be a bit easier if an Earthbender went and and did it, because they could probably do it in one stomp of their foot, but who knows. So yeah, Aang triggers all of the other Avatar statues to glow, signaling his return. And then the wind just starts to pick up, and Sokka... Gets blown away. Luckily, he's able to hold on to something. And, you know, he finds Katara. Katara's like, what the fuck is going on? She tries to calm Aang down. But the wind is just getting even stronger and stronger. Meanwhile, Zuko is planning for his Agni Kai. So, we talked a little bit about the Agni Kai earlier. For this, they start it at sunset. Again, Zuko is shirtless, and so is Zhao. The fight music behind this—it's literally called Agni Kai. That's the, I guess, the theme for it. It's it's, it gets your adrenaline going. Like your heart's racing. You know, shit's about to go down, and the the Agni Kai starts, and Zuko is on the defense. You know, Zhao again—he's a master firebender. He's he's going after him. Zuko's not giving up. But what's really cool is the way that they're they're stepping. You know, they're slamming their foot on the ground and then they're punching out all of the fire. Whatever. It almost reminds me of earthbending, and we'll see that you know a little bit more in in season two with Toph. But when they step, like it's a really hard step, and and causes the other person to go off balance. So, yeah, it just rem- reminded me of, of Earthbenders, but... So Zuko's, like, on the ground, but then he does this really cool breakdancing move that, you know, takes Zhao off his feet, which is really cool. A lot of people point this out, that Zuko does a lot of breakdancing moves, and I, I think it's because Dante Basco, who's the voice of Zuko, you know, growing up, he was a... A a b b-boy like a break dancer with his brothers in san francisco and then they ended up moving to la when they would start dancing as well and then he would do a lot of poetry and um acting so all of that can be found in his book it's called from rufio to zuko really good book if you haven't read it yet i highly recommend it but yeah i think that's honage to the voice actor which is really cool they probably had a lot of fun animating that too So anyways, Zuko's on the offense now, and Zhao is notorious for his stance. Like, he has a really shitty stance, and, you know, even Iroh's kind of screaming on the sidelines, you know, break him, learn, you know, know the basics, and and Zhao, even though he's a master firebender, he's not, he's not the best, I guess, and he, I mean, all firebenders are hot-headed, but Zhao is really hot-headed. And it can be easy to use that to your advantage with him. And we'll definitely see more fights with him later on. But Zuko is like super muscular for a 15 year old. I just got to point that out. He looks really muscular. The last two years of banishment, he he's he's worked out. That's all I got to say. But he defeats Zhao, which is awesome. I don't really know what the end of Agni Kai is supposed to be. I think... Is it death? Like, are you supposed to kill the other person? Is that the point of an Agni Kai? Or is it just a, a battle? And you're supposed to hurt the other person. I don't know. If someone can tell me that, please let me know. Email me. DM me. I want to know. But basically, Zuko... Doesn't hurt Zhao. He makes a little mark on the ground next to his head. Zhao calls him a coward and tries to attack Zuko when his back is towards him. And that is, like, the most cowardly thing anyone could ever do. Not just with bending or Avatar in general, but, you know, martial arts and and fighting in, in general. To try and attack someone after your defeat when their back is turned to you is just so... Stupid. You should never do that. So, Iroh steps in. Iroh is such a fucking badass here. He just grabs his foot and throws him on the ground like it's nothing. Like, his foot is literally on fire and Iroh just grabs it, pushes him on the ground. He slides, like, a couple feet. And Iroh will do this again with another person in Season 2. I just- It's so cool. Iroh's- Iroh's awesome. But what's even more awesome is what he says about Zuko here. He's more honorable than a commander, which is a really big thing. You know, commanders are are pretty high up in terms of military ranking, especially within the Navy. So Zuko's face when Iroh is talking about him is just so, so cute. But it's also so sad because it's probably the first time that anyone has ever said anything about him like this in front of him. And, you know... in. The- A couple minutes ago, Zhao was just talking shit to him straight to his face about how, you know, his dad hates him. The nation hates him. You know, he's he's hopeless at this point. But here's Iroh, his uncle Iroh, just being, just being the uncle that he he wants. Not even just a mentor, but just a member of his family that actually believes in him. So, I just thought it was really cute and... (laughs) The way that they end this scene, they're walking out and Zuko's like, did you really mean that, uncle? And (laughs) I was like, yeah, I really meant that about the tea. And (laughs) Zuko's smile, just a faint smile, right before they cut back to Aang is just, it's so cute. But anyways, they go back to Aang. The wind, from what I read, is about 125 miles an hour right now. And I, personally, I think... It's impossible for Katara and Sokka to be holding on this long, because that's really far. Or really fast, I should say. Now Katara is is jumping in. She's trying to calm Aang down from his avatar state. This is the second time that she mentions her, her mother in this episode. But she's saying, you know, Monkey and the other airbenders, they're not gone, you know, they're they're still with you. Where are your family now? I don't know how many days it's been since they, they found him in the iceberg. I, th- I personally think it's been less than a week. Because again, the Southern Air Temple is not that far from the Southern Water Tribe. But it's so cute that they're already calling Aang his family. Or their family. Because he really doesn't have anybody. Per- I mean, the Fire Nation's really big. And everybody from the Fire Nation is pretty much an enemy to him at this point. Because they just have to assume everyone's going to try and capture him. But that's so, that that's really meaningful. It's, it's chapter three already, you know. And they're already calling him family, which is so cute. Because they've lost people too. I mean, they've lost their mother. They've lost other people from their tribe to raids. And and their tribe is not that big. If If you look back in chapter one, I talked about how many people were in it. There's not a lot, so... And I think it's cute that they're gonna stick together and, and kind of unite. Even though they have all of this tragedy in, tragedy in between them. But... My question is, how the fuck can Aang hear them? Over this wind. It's... That's loud, I think, but... Now Aang, you know, out loud says, I really am the last airbender, which is just... Oh, that's a lot of pressure, to be honest, because now... All of these people I don't know how many people were in were air nomads, but I would say a couple hundred at least. All of those people are gone. All of the all of the kids that he used to play with are gone. It's up to him to really uphold the air nomad traditions, their culture, and I mean he's only twelve or hundred and twelve, whatever, but it's up to him to bring the air nomads back physically by reproducing so he also needs to find somebody to help him do that but he I doubt he's probably thinking about that at this moment but that's what I was I was thinking but now he has his family around him they he has his friends to comfort him him and a new pet which is the lemur the lemur comes over brings the fruits and now they're friends Sokka is devouring everything And they name him Momo. So Momo means peach, which is cute because he steals a peach from Sokka. Uh, Momo is voiced by D. Bradley Baker, who also voices Appa, who also voices just a shit ton of other people in Avatar. Um, So Momo is a very interesting character because I was reading online and his original purpose... Was supposed to be a reincarnation of Monkeyatzo, but then that was nixed, and then I saw this other fan theory online. So, in the Legend of Korra, we we talk a little bit about the creation of the avatar and a little bit more about the spirit world. And during those episodes, they show this lemur that helps the first avatar, you know, navigate himself through the spirit world and just through the world in general now that he has these these four powers so people were also thinking that momo was either like a descendant or a reincarnation of this original lemur and i don't know if we have the the answer to that i don't know if that's true i like that theory i think it's cute i think it makes sense but If anybody else has any ideas on the purpose of Momo, other than being a friend and to showcase Aang's love for animals, let me know. I'd love to to hear your idea. So now they're flying away. Someone else is uh, steering Appa. And he and Momo, or Aang and Momo, are looking back at the air temple. Which is sad, but at least, I mean, at least he gets closure. You know, he knows what happens to them. But now, I think he has more purpose being the Avatar. He Now, he really has to restore balance to the world. Because, yeah, this happened to the the air nomads. But this could happen to another nation. And it's up to him to, to stop the Fire Nation. And another thing, again, I'm going to talk about the damn clouds. As he's looking at the, the temple, the dark clouds kind of close in on it and cover it from his vision therefore just showing you know it's it's a dark past it's it's a dark memory for him or now it's going to be a dark memory for him but now he's off they're trying their best to make their way to the northern water tribe so and that's kind of how the the episode ends there is a lot of thunder happening in the background right now, so I'm going to try and wrap up this podcast as fast as I can so that you don't have to hear any of that cuz I I don't know how to fuck to edit that out. Um so, here in this episode, we focused a lot on the air nomads. So, I thought it would be cool to talk a little bit more about them. Um once we meet or or are exposed to more of, you know, the water tribes, the earth kingdom and the fire nation. I'll talk a little bit more about them then, but air nomads, um, a fun, some fun facts about them. Their main season is autumn and more air nomads are born in autumn out of the rest of the seasons. Sometimes they can also be called air nation. Although most of the the time I've heard people just call them air nomads and Again, they're true nomads. Like, they they had four temples. There's the northern one, the western one. We're here down in the southern one. And there's one all the way to the east. Um, so, those are, like, the four places. Main places where, uh, you know, they practice their, their airbending. But they love to travel. They're, they're pretty big travelers. Obviously, they have bison or sky bison and their gliders. So, they just they they travel a lot which is pretty cool so one thing that i didn't know was that the four temples are split up by gender so this one the southern air temple is a lot of um or is is for the males and i believe i i might be wrong the northern air temple is also a male temple as well and the western one is female And I guess the eastern one is female too, but I did not know that they were split up. And the males are monks, and the women, or the females, are nuns. Um, Most of the temples, again, are located at the tippy top of the mountains, where they can be closer to the wind. But one, specifically the western air temple, is hanging under a cliff, which is really cool, so... We will get to that in in book three. So air nomads are extremely spiritual. They were raised to be that way. They're enlightened. So every air nomad was born an airbender, which is really cool. And they're they don't have like a like a monarchy or or that kind of government like the other ones or most of the other ones are. They're sort of governed by elder councils. There's one male council and one female one, and each council has like a head monk or head nun, which is cool. So um, in the storm, an episode that's coming up in a few, we will dive a little bit deeper into the Southern Air Temple and we'll meet some of the other monks that that are there. But I didn't know that they were split up into different, different genders. That kind of makes sense, I guess. I don't know. I don't really know what to to make of that. Anyways, so that's those are facts about the Air Nomads. Um, I did get some questions n- not really related to Avatar, but that's totally okay. So thought I thought I would take this time to do a little Q and A. So someone asked me, "Tell us more about you." So sure. Okay. Um. Well, I'm Pauline. I facts um I'm Filipino I am 100% Filipino I was born in the Philippines but I moved to the U.S. when I was less than two years old so I don't really have any memory I don't have any recollection of being in the Philippines I've seen some photos a lot of our photos were lost you know from the move or in floods from what my mom has told me um but I have a lot of family back there And I have a pretty big family. I don't even think I've met all of my cousins, but yeah, that's, that's that. I now live in Pennsylvania, um, just a a little farther away from Philadelphia. And yeah, the weather is really weird here. Um, like I said, it was thunder and lightning and raining, but it was super sunny and like 95 degrees today and... It's mid-June. I don't even want to know what July and August is going to be like. But I probably shouldn't be complaining because the Philippines and other places closer to the equator is much hotter. Next question. What do you do for a living? I do not do this podcast for a living. Um, This is more of a a side project or a side hobby of mine. But uh, my day-to-day work is in human resources. I'm specifically in talent acquisition, so I help people, or I help find people to work for my company. Who my favorite character. That was another question. Um, I mean, Iroh is an automatic favorite character, I think, of everybody. And so is Zuko. So, Zuko is also my favorite. Following those two would probably be Sokka. I just think he's so funny and I think Jack DeSena just really brings him to life his his voice acting is just great for Sokka. And we haven't met her yet but Fourth or maybe she's tied with with Sokka but I just I love Azula. I don't know. I just I love Azula. <laughs> oh, the last question. I don't know if I'm going to answer this one. Are are you Zutara or Katang? So, for those of you that don't know, Zutara is the ship name for Zuko and Katara. And Katang is obviously Katara and Aang. Um, I feel like it's a little too early to answer this question without giving a lot of stuff away. So, maybe, like, at the very end of Avatar Podcast, before I go into Korra, I'll answer that. I promise. I won't give anything away. (laughs) <laughs> all right that's it for today's podcast thanks for listening for um the southern air temple which was great definitely a really good episode um but the showstopper of the chapter that's a tough one probably when Aang goes into the avatar state and signals all the other avatar statues that was a huge thing because that just kind of Changes a whole lot of the, the rest of the the show. But I also really like the Agni Kai. Because it's the first one that we see. We'll definitely see, you know, a couple more. But that was a really big turning point for Zuko. I don't know. And he spared... He spared Zhao's life. I don't know. That was a good showstopper. My favorite character... Zuko. Probably. Because... I don't know. The Agni Kai was really cool. I just I just think the whole thing was awesome. Um, overall thoughts of the episode. Um definitely a really good one. This this is fantastic. It it really sets up the background of, of the air nomads, gives us some more insight to, you know, how the Fire Nation deals with conflict. We meet a huge new character, you know, Zhao is introduced in this episode. We meet Momo, an even more important character to the series. Momo is fantastic. Um, So yeah, I think this is a a fantastic episode. I, I loved it. But yeah, that's it for today's podcast on Southern Air Temple. So join me next week as I break down book one, chapter four, The Warriors of Kiyoshi. As always, thanks again for listening and sending me things to talk about. Write an email to hellopodcasthere at gmail.com for any questions, feedback, or things you want to hear about for future episodes. Follow me on Instagram at hellopodcasthere for the latest updates or just to say hi. Disclaimers, I am not associated with Nickelodeon, Avatar The Last Airbender, or The Legend of Korra, or anything related to the contents discussed in this podcast. I'm not being paid to talk about or promote Avatar The Last Airbender. I'm just a fan of the show. Hello Podcast Here, and Avatar Podcast Party is created using the Anchor app.